Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, listener mail. This is Robert Lamb. And this is Joe McCormick, and it's Monday, the day of each week that we read back some messages from the mailbag. If you are a listener to Stuff to Blow Your Mind and you would like to get in touch with us and maybe have your own message featured on one of these episodes, you can write in at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Let's see, Rob, do you want to kick us off with this message from Jenna about uh, objects hidden in walls? Yeah, this is a response to an episode I did in October while you were on parental leave. Uh, it was an interview with Brian Hoggard about his book, Magical House Protection, The Archaeology of Counter Witchcraft, which is a fascinating topic about a, a lot of it coming down to the the, um, the, the hiding of various objects, uh, like under the floorboards of an old house or in the walls, oftentimes uh, with some sort of a, a superstitious, supernatural intent of... of of confounding, or capturing, uh, or hurting the devil or some sort of dark entities that might potentially get into your home. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we finally heard from somebody who had uh, some, some personal uh, history with this sort of thing. Jenna writes in and says, hello from Canada. I have loved your show dearly for many years. You are both such exceptional curators of intrigue and knowledge. I am writing to share a story relating to a show you had on late last year with Brian Hoggard regarding items hidden in walls. I am sorry I am late on writing in on it, but I think you will get a kick out of it. I live in a small coastal town in the Great Lakes in an ancient family home that is at least 180 years old and predates European settlements of the area. I think it is the oldest structure in our county. But the interesting house in question is a block over from me, the house of my great-grandparents. The past two sets of folks who have owned it have discussed 
discovered quite a collection of objects in the walls during renovations. A woman who conducts ghost walks in our local town brought the items to my attention, but I didn't think much of it at first. But she came in one day with even more objects, and I began to realize it was quite a curious situation indeed. Within the walls of the house were 13 pairs or singles of children's shoes, many bottles, some with materials inside, broken plate pieces, a shark skin strop for blade sharpening, a worn down boot brush, an old meat fork, a rusty knife, an old spoon, an old watch case with with a, quote, Order of Isabella the Catholic cigarette silk within it, a children's primer with many great uncles' names in it, a hand-sewn nightshirt that was rolled up tight and nailed over a door, two coral fossils, and a fragment of a mussel shell from the local beach, an empty box of Tetlow's Pussy Willow powder, a paper heart with one large single exclamation mark on it, a pair of worn-out suspenders, a children's-sized beer mug, and some other broken and rusty articles. Wow. That's a haul. Quite a treasure trove. Yeah. She continues. Both my great (laughs) I'm sorry. I just had a vision of a new genre of YouTube videos. It's wall unboxing videos. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, it is good to, uh, going back to the discussion with, uh, with Brian, I mean, it is good to document these things. Uh, Anyway, she continues, both my great uncle's name in the reader and the datable objects prove with certainty someone from my family placed the objects there. I also know my grandparents built the home, which one of them it was that created the protective midden, I do not know. My great-grandmother was a tiny woman of Scottish heritage, full of vim and spirit, who also read tea leaves. My grandfather was a Métis tugboat captain and fisherman. His father had Métis ancestry, and his mother was English. I sometimes wonder if the idea came from his mother's side of things, both because she had English heritage, where it is common, but also because of her family's story. She was raised in the tiny old house I live in now because of a very tragic circumstance. Her parents came over from England in the 1850s with five kids in tow and one on the way who was born in Toronto after their arrival. The family made their way north to the newly settled town of Southampton, Ontario. Shortly after their arrival, they had my great-great-grandmother. A large stone tower lighthouse was being built just offshore on a nearby island, and her father fell from the scaffolding and died during construction. My great-great-great-grandmother was left widowed in a remote new town with seven children. One of the local Métis let her live in what is now my home on his lot. She raised all seven kids here and survived by taking the rich folks in rich folks laundry. Where the town was built at the river mouth by the shore was also a historic burial ground for the local Anishinaabek peoples. I'm sure some superstition and concern about spirits impact on the family became a real worry for her. And she may have passed the idea down to her youngest daughter who passed it on to my great grandfather. My great-grandparents also cared for my great-grandfather's uncle, another local captain in his older years who also could have taken part, who was one of the kids born in England. He unfortunately suffered from dementia and wandered off one night and drowned in the lake. I sometimes wonder if the onset of dementia could have influenced his engagement in such an activity. However the practice came to be, I was reflecting upon its quaintness one evening and then looked around my tiny cottage to see how alive and well-protective magic still is in our family without me realizing it. An old horseshoe has hung above the threshold since my mother was a small girl. I had a dream catcher my mother and, and I made hanging on one wall. 
pearly, everlasting, hanging elsewhere from the ceilings, a spiritually protective local native plant, a Dartmoor pixie's likeness embossed into a brass plate was hanging on another wall, cedar hung above every window. I guess culture is more ingrained than we realize. Ha! Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my eccentric little story of life here in rural Canada. Kind regards, Jenna. Wow, what a great message, Jenna. Indeed, I really appreciated all the history here and bringing it back around to not only how uh, our ancestors thought about these things, but how we still can think about um, uh, protecting our homes and supernatural unseen threats in much the same way. Yeah, so uh, hearing about this was a real treat. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and for any of you wondering out there, I did, I did ask her, and yes, she did send information about this to Brian Hoggard, uh, because it's one of the things that we, uh, we talked about in that interview. He's like, if you find uh, anything like this in, a, in your home, uh, write in and let him know about it, because part of his, his work as an archaeologist is keeping track of all of this and, and seeing what's out there. Um, uh, one of the problems with uh, the study of these artifacts is that a lot of things went unreported uh, for so long. And there are a lot of things that may still be out there. They're only uncovered in homes that are, of course, sufficiently old. Uh, and then if there's some sort of a restoration effort uh, going on there. Yeah, going to unbox that wall. Yeah. Let's see, Rob, do you mind if I do this message about our episodes on tea from John? Oh, yes. Let's have some tea. John says, hello, Robert, Joe, and JJ. I was so excited to see tea as the topic in my feed. I've always hated the way coffee makes me feel, but I find that a cup of tea is just the right thing when I need a nice hot pick-me-up. Joe, if coffee is such a dangerous game for you, you should give tea a try. A few years ago, my partner's parents gave me a six-month subscription to a tea service that mailed me several different types of tea every month. Pretty fun. One time, the package included something called Yopon. I hope I'm saying that right. Y-A-U-P-O-N. Rob, do you know how to pronounce that? I do not know this one, oh. no. Uh, yeah, Yopon. I've never heard of it, but it's apparently the only source of caffeine that grows naturally in North America, and it's generally considered a weed. I can imagine that someday it will be the cool in thing, and every hipster coffee shop will offer it. It was pretty tasty, but definitely not the same as tea. As always, thanks for the hours of informative entertainment. Uh, and then John uh, puts a little uh, <laughs> note in and says, Hi, Renata, and says, P.S. I wrote in several years back after my mom had a stroke. And in so doing, I weirdly discovered that my childhood friend Renata also listens to the podcast. Mom's doing great out of assisted living, driving again, generally living her best life. Just felt like I should give you an update on that since at the time of my last communication, things were pretty dicey. Oh, well, that's wonderful news, John. I'm, I'm happy to hear, uh, hear about your mom. Absolutely. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the, uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. 
Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we continue to hear from folks about our Horror Vakui episodes. So let's see. This one comes to us from Eric. Eric writes, Greetings, gentlemen. I just finished listening to the fourth part of your Horror Vakui series, and Rob spoke about being able to at least kind of relate to the feeling described by casadastrophobia, and I wanted to write in and say that I do too. I'm with you in appending kind of to the sentiment because what I experience has never been significant or extreme enough that I would call it a phobia, but I've always felt mildly uncomfortable under wide, cloudless skies. I've felt this as long as I can remember, but I grew up in New England, 
And so I was rarely confronted with them and never gave it too much thought. Now, however, I live in the American Southwest in the Sonoran Desert. And during much of the year, days or even weeks can pass where I see not a single cloud. I've lived here more than a decade, and the unrelenting vault of blue, as I have taken to referring to the sky under such circumstances, still never fails to unnerve me, at least slightly. It is heartening to me to know that at least I am not alone in that. The talk about uh, cassidastrophobia also put me in mind of something that came up when I wrote in once before a couple of years ago. It was on the topic of religions almost always putting paradise above and perdition below, and why that might be, which came up briefly in your sinkholes episode. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, he continues, uh, you read my email where I gave my own pet theory on an episode of Lister Mail, and one of you, I'm afraid I no longer remember which of you it was, wondered about how a religion might work that did the opposite, with a heaven below and a hell up above. Being a lifelong player of Dungeons and & Dragons in similar games, and also a bit of a home brewer, that sent me off on something of a tangent. I meant to write back and share the results with you, but I got caught up in life and forgot. Having been reminded of it by this episode, however, I thought I would take this second opportunity and share it with you now. I hope you find it amusing. I imagined a culture of dwarves whose religion centered around hard work and community contribution. They are taught that their souls are by nature buoyant and light and float away from the body upon death, but that in the sky there are terrible monsters from beyond the world who lurk, unable to descend to the surface, but waiting to devour any spirit who drifts into their reach. Hard work, however, adds substance and weight to the soul, even as it adds muscle and sinew to the body. And so each dwarf must labor all through their lives, working together for the benefit of their community and life so that in death their souls might not float away to be consumed, but instead descend to the deep vaults of the earth where they can join their honored ancestors who work wonders in the mighty forges. Thank you, gentlemen, again for the work you do and the fascinating insights you always have to share. Keep it up. Stay safe. And stay curious, Eric. Oh, what a gorgeous mythology. I, I love that, Eric. Yeah, yeah. I, I Next time I'm do, using a dwarf character or doing some DMing that involves dwarves, I may have to borrow this uh, bit of homebrewing there. All right. This next message is from Wayne. And this email uh, raises an issue that I didn't get into in the Horror Vakui episodes because of reasons I'll explain in a minute. Wayne says, hello, Robert and Joe. Thanks for a fascinating series on horror vacui. I had one comment on your explanation of the vacuum of space. According to quantum mechanics, which I don't pretend to understand, there can never really be a complete vacuum because of the uncertainty principle. That is, if you measure whether a particle is in a particular volume, you'll always get a probability rather than a definite yes or no, and this will always have a non-zero value. An equivalent way to explain this is that there is an energy pervading all space called vacuum energy or zero-point energy, which is the minimum level that quantum mechanics will allow. This energy can manifest itself in transient virtual particles that always pop in and out of existence. There's a lot of evidence for this, such as the Casimir force between two parallel plates. Fortunately, no midichlorians are involved. Now, Wayne, I, I appreciate you raising this. Uh, I actually ended up not getting into it in that series. Uh, I had wanted to, and then I guess we just got past it. But 
one of the reasons I uh, I skipped over it at one point was that I've read different interpretations of the vacuum energy virtual particle phenomenon, and essentially I am not sure whether this uh, the virtual particle phenomenon is best understood as a literal event where particle pairs actually do fluctuate into existence out of the vacuum, or whether thinking about it that way is kind of a misinterpretation based on the models we use to understand the quantum mechanical properties of space. So that's one where I think I, I personally don't understand the issue well enough yet. Uh, I, I think I ended up concluding I would need to do at least a whole episode's worth of background research to figure that out. So I left it aside for the time. But maybe that's one we can uh, come back on in the future, perhaps with a physicist guest. Hmm. But of course, I have read it characterized that way, the, the idea of the, the virtual particles fluctuating into and out of existence or into existence and annihilating one another usually. So thank you for raising it. Uh, let's see. Rob, did you want to do uh, one of these Weird House Cinema messages? All right. Yeah, let's see what we have here. All right. This one comes to us from Dan. Dan says, hello, Rob and Joe. I'm listening to your Weird House Cinema episode on Beauty and the Beast. With regards to fairy tale theater, this was a show that I used to watch on PBS when I was a child. I do remember one episode that will be of interest to you, The Boy Who Left Home to Find Out About the Shivers. It is a Grimm Brothers adaptation starring Peter McNichol, Christopher Lee, David Warner, Frank Zappa as a mute hunchback-like assistant, and Vincent Price as the narrator. Dan. Well, that got my attention, so I dug up some pictures from this episode. Obviously, I haven't seen it, uh, but yes, yes, here is Frank Zappa as a as an Igor type figure. In one of the pictures I found, he appears to be disgustingly eating something that's kind of falling out of his mouth and crumbles. Uh, but I see David Warner here with long hair. He is staring down at uh, Peter McNichol, and this is when I guess Peter McNichol was. I don't know, maybe cast more as like the young hero type before he was like Janos in Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> uh, wasn't he in like a dragon slaying movie? Oh, goodness. I don't remember. I mean, I guess he's mostly known like the biggest things he's been in outside of Ghostbusters 2, of course, were what Alec McBeal and he was in Sophie's Choice. Uh, but I don't know about dragon stuff. I mean, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's done a fair amount of, uh, of uh, voice acting over the years as well. I looked it up. The Dragon Slayer, 1981 oh, film. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I it apparently stars Peter McNichol as I think he's like the young hero who has to fight a dragon. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's a film that's, uh, that that has a, a fair cult following. Do I think in large part to the the dragon effects in it, all the way back to 1981. Maybe we have to check that one out someday on Weird House. Yeah, it's got some fun cast connections in it for sure. Uh, as for these uh, these stills, though, from from this episode of uh, Fairy Tale Theater, uh, yeah, this looks amazing. What what a strange cast! It also looks uh, very pleasingly low budget. Like these are this is not you know deep immersion sets. This looks like community theater. They've got Frank Zappa wearing a uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of like a bathrobe. Mm -hmm. Okay, this next message is from Lawrence. Lawrence says, hi, Rob and Joe. I really enjoyed your recent Weird House episode on Beauty and the Beast. Uh, this was the, the Uraj Hertz one from uh, the, the, the Czech film. Uh, 
Lauren says, I got a chuckle picturing George C. Scott as the beast uh, and found your descriptions of the 78 movie really lovely. This got me thinking of all the ways surrealist writer Angela Carter retold Beauty and the Beast. Her collection, The Bloody Chamber, features several direct retellings as well as a few inspired by tales. The book also has Company of Wolves. Carter did the script for the movie adaptation, which is both a riff on Beauty and the Beast as well as Little Red Riding Hood. Would you consider doing Company of Wolves on Weird House? I'd give anything to hear you guys describe the scene where a wolf comes out of a man's mouth. Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen this movie in years, but I remember loving it. And yes, it uh, it was mighty strange indeed, though I've forgotten a lot of the detail about what happens in it. Yeah, like likewise, the only thing I really remember is the, the transformation. Uh, I might have seen just parts of it when I was younger. I don't know if I ever actually sat and watched the whole thing. But yeah, it's a Neil Jordan picture. It's got a great cast. David Warner's in there. Angela Lansbury. Oh, yeah. Brian Glover. Oh, there's some fun stuff in there. Terrence Stamp. I think it's one of those movies that's like, who is this for? Like some elements feel like they're for kids, but it's also incredibly inappropriate for children. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll have to put it on the the list of potential films. Check it out and see if it's uh, if it's right for us. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for writing in. Keep it coming. Uh, Again, we read everything that comes in, even if we don't have a chance to feature everything on listener mail or, or, or respond in person to everything that comes in. But uh, yeah, if you have thoughts on past episodes, present episodes, future episodes, episodes of uh, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, episodes of The Artifact or Monster Fact, Weird House Cinema, other episodes of listener mail, it's all fair game. Uh, so yeah, write in. We'd love to hear from you. Huge thanks to our audio producer, J.J. Posway. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other to suggest a topic for the future or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.